0: Hello, AfterBuzzers. We're here during another AfterBuzz TV after show for Disney's Girl Meets World, Season 1, Episode 3, Girl Meets Sneak Attack. I'm your host, Kristen Elizabeth Snyder, and joining me, AfterBuzz TV host, Lee Epstein. Hey
1: guys, how you doing?
0: We don't have any special guests for you this episode, but I promise that they are coming back. Just everybody has conferences to go to at the end of July. It seems, you know, Comic-Cons this week. I will be there with some AfterBuzzers. So... But don't worry, they're coming, so they're keep coming joining back. us. They're and thank you for here. coming to
1: check in yes. and, and watch us on AfterBuzzTV.com and YouTube and iTunes. We got a gazillion hits or something approaching gazillion. Yes. So thank you for coming to watch. <laughs> We're
0: approaching a gazillion So hits. thank
1: you for uh, coming to watch Michael Jacobs, the creator, and Corey Marsh, the developer from Disney Channel. And yes. who else? And we had the writers Lutman, last time. Mark
0: Jeff Minnell, Matt Nelson. And if you guys missed those shows, you can look at them on iTunes. You can download them for free. And you can also go to YouTube and check those out, leave us some questions. Lee's going to read those later, some questions that you guys tweeted at us and left in the comments. But let's go ahead and start talking about this episode.
1: Yeah. So like
0: they said, each episode, it definitely is getting better. Better. And definitely. Better. Mm-hmm. I mean, this show already, it just has so much heart. In each episode, we're seeing more and more of that, along mm-hmm. with like unique characteristics about each of these characters. That we really like and I think is driving the plot. We're getting like these little mysteries about their home life, Mm -hmm. feeding in there with Maya. So I feel like that's creating a lot of potential stories that are coming. So Mm -hmm. I I just keep getting more and more excited each episode.
1: Yeah, well, like I remember talking with the writers and and with Michael, the creator, about um – Augie and thinking this this August Matoro um, actor and character is very cute. And what's great about this episode is he really gets a chance to shine. He's not just like a cute little kid. He's an amazing actor. <laughs> and he really is an amazing character, too, right? It's like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's he's funny as heck. And he's so
0: funny. Yeah. I was so glad that he sort of got his own storyline this mm-hmm. episode. Let's go ahead and talk about that. So we start off the episode with Augie sort of imitating Corey.
1: Exactly. Which is so
0: funny with the whole shaving cream and. I, rem- I have pictures of
1: myself doing that. I think like with it my dad's shaving your dad. cream. Absolutely, yeah.
0: I love that because it's like Corey should be like, "No, you can't mess around with my shaving cream," but he's like, "Let's go." Son. As you can so tell, I
1: forgot to uh, do that. I think it this looks
0: week. great. Thank you. Very Thank lovely, you. but but you are staying on that side of the table because Lee is very sick. <coughs> so that's why he is like a mile away from me right now. That's true. I have
1: my tissues. <laughs>
0: Um, so, we get the story with Augie where he thinks he's too old for his Mr. Googly because Mm -hmm. he's trying to impress this older woman in his life who we find out later is Ava. Now, His his
1: six-year-old neighbor, yeah. Yeah,
0: who can tell him what to do because she's this many and Mm -hmm. he's only this many. I thought that was a great storyline because we got to see that parallel with Riley's Mm -hmm. storyline and sort of that, you know, he was trying to grow up too fast. And mature for this woman who's six that lived across the hall. And, you know, what turns it around is the fact that she tries to take, you know, pretty much his childhood is represented in this Mr. Googly. Mm -hmm. And she tries to take that away, and that's when Topanga is like, no. And even he was resisting it. He was like, she can't have that.
1: Yeah, exactly. He was
0: pretending, and then in that moment, I feel like that happens to a lot of us, we can pretend right up to the moment where something's actually being taken away from us, and then we're like, okay, actually, no, here's the truth.
1: Yeah, well, I think of two things in in the Mr. Googly thing. Number one is um, how... Oftentimes, when I mean, you compare the Riley story with the um, Augie story, like mm-hmm. second kids or the babies, they they're even more precocious than their <laughs> older siblings. Or they really want to grow up fast because they see their older siblings growing up, and they want to grow up even faster. So I think that was like one thing that they really picked up on, right? Absolutely. That the little kid always wants to grow up the fastest. Um, and also, I'm just going to come out a little bit here, which is that I still have my stuffed animal from when I was born, the week <laughs> I was born in 1986, <laughs> and I still is ha- it
0: in I, your I, bed with you though.
1: All right, I'm telling the stories now, okay?
0: Okay. So,
1: no questions <laughs> the there. I'm the interviewer. No. Yeah. No, but it's true. I still have not I remember when I went off to college, my parents were like, are you going to bring Polar Bear to college?
0: Polar no, Bear, eh?
1: I know. does not a very creative name, but it's true. And they and they asked me, and I said, you know, and there was all these jokes about it, like, you're not going to bring that to college, right? And then it came time to, like, for the day to leave to college, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm bringing him to college. Aww. Of course I am. Yeah.
0: So that so, was the story you had to repeat in college or did uh, you hide him in a in No, a drawer no, yeah, yeah, in yeah, if, yeah. If anyone
1: came into my room, which was very rare, I would, uh, yeah, hide him. Yeah. Sort of like mm-hmm.
0: Mr. Googly got hit a little exactly. bit in this episode. Um, I love that line where Augie's like, how's my breath smell? And she's like, ooh, like flowers. And she's like, how'd you get it to be like I that? Ate I flowers. ate your flowers. That's amazing. That's literally when kids do that sort of literal. Uh, repetition of whatever they want. They uh, they do whatever like parents say because they mm-hmm. don't know that there's like a meaning behind it. But he literally ate the flowers, so his breath would smell like flowers. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs>
1: it's, no, it is really funny. It's all <clears throat> excuse me. There's my sickness. It is really funny how he is like a kid, and also some of the writing for him was hilariously adult. Yes, there was something where he said. Um, there's some like oh something about making yourself scarce. He says to Topanga.
0: She likes uh, Ava. liked cheese. You think know, you can right. find some, some cheese che- and make, make yourself, yourself scarce? <laughs> and it's like
1: really adult language. And I think the juxtaposition of that with this like adorable little kid is very funny. Yeah,
0: I, I just loved how he was even dressed with the vest and oh, the yeah. straps hanging down. He's too cool. Okay. Well, what's
1: funny is in real life and my, my experience with him. And I was talking when we had the writers here about um, how great the experience of being on set there is and so fun and. One of the things about watching him on set is that this kid is such a ham. It's hilarious. Like, just on the set, you know, like, at the end of the show, he comes out to the audience and takes this huge bow. And he's just like, I mean, you could tell. He just, he just fits the part well. And Augie, thank you for your Twitter follow, by the way.
0: He followed me too. Yeah. Lo- we gotta bring him in. Oh, definitely. I mean, that would just be probably, amazing having him We probably need like, parental right consent here.
1: for that, but we, I would love that.
0: I mean, <laughs> I would just love to have him unedited, like, right here with us.
1: Yeah, we don't even have to be—we'll probably just give him a microphone, and we'll just like sit back, and he'll, I'm yeah, sure, carry the show.
0: Because I don't know if you guys know, but this is not edited at all.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you could tell by that story about my stuffed animal, but there's no editing here. Yeah.
0: Uh, so let's go ahead and get into the Riley Farkle Maya storyline. So it's nice that Topanga's taking care of Maya and is like, you're sitting down for oatmeal for breakfast, and mm-hmm. then we get that whole storyline, how like Farkles family obviously has like buffets at right. their house. Strawberries for in the
1: shape of hearts, uh, or waffles
0: st- are in the st- shape st- of hearts, or something. Yes, it sounded amazing, and Augie thought so too. And he's like, "I'm going to the Farkles." He was with me. I just he has the best lines. Um, so the real threat to this episode is Missy Bradford. Mm-hmm. And I think there's always been a Missy Bradford in all of our lives, right? I mean, there's always been that person who has come into our friend group who we had to, like, you know, form our alliances together to, you know, be strong enough to make sure that person didn't get through. Someone mm. that we felt could take one of our friends away and change them and change the whole dynamic of the friend group. And I think that's what we were getting here uh from Riley. It wasn't necessarily... She was, you know, she even said to Maya, I don't know how to flirt. Teach me how to flirt. And then Farkle comes in. That was, um, it's great that Farkle is like the biggest flirt of the school. It's so funny because that's the last person you'd expect it from. But it wasn't even so much that she was focused on her relationship with Lucas as it was the fact that she just... Wanted to make sure nothing changed about their friend group. Mm -hmm. That everyone kept sitting at the same lunch table. And in elementary, where you sat at the lunch, at lunch, in the whole cafeteria, like that was like the hardest part of the day. Like you knew where you were sitting with your specific friend groups. And if someone wasn't there, that was very dramatic.
1: Well, what I like about this show is how these are issues that start to come to the surface, you know, in adolescence, in middle school years, when Mm -hmm. the show takes place with these characters. And it's also things that don't stop then, you know, they might start then, but yeah. there are things that you, at through your adulthood, deal with, you know, um, someone who's in your close friend circle starts dating someone new who you don't know, and mm-hmm. it shifts the dynamic, And you know, like, we all have to deal with that, and it's another example, I think, of Girl Meets World bringing up those issues, which are not only for kids, although it's totally important for it to be... Um, something accessible for adolescents, tweens, to be able to see that on screen and be able to relate to it um, and connect. And we as adults yeah. can also relate to that.
0: Hey, I'm still upset if someone who normally like goes to lunch with me like can't make it anymore because their friends have changed. That, that happens as an adult, too. Like, or the my, new
1: boyfriend, the new girlfriend.
0: Yes, I mean, anything like that. A new Missy Bradford in one of your guy friends' life, forget about lunch with them or brunch with them on Sundays. It's over. So I feel like we've all gone through that and we understood this. Storyline, especially as an adult too. No, it's
1: true. And one of the questions actually that we got on Twitter from mm-hmm. Joe Ursini from uh Virginia, she said, Do you think that the writers were intentional about having the bully figures, the bully characters, let's say Missy, be girls as opposed to boys? So oh. far we've seen more of that. What are your thoughts on that?
0: You know what? I think that we're gonna see boys as bullies as well, but It was easy to go after Lucas first because so far in the series that has been Riley's focus Mm -hmm. is sort of this new boy in school. So I think that's easy to put a girl threat in there because at the beginning of this episode, we know we saw Riley. She was so happy. Life couldn't be any more beautiful than it was. She loved her friends. She loved even going to school. And then there's another girl in town, you know, And, and those threats exist. So I feel like there will definitely be guys and um yeah it's it's gonna it's I gonna think she's
1: also though I mean she is pretty not nice, this missy i mean she's she's yeah. got an she's nasty in a sense yeah. Like
0: she did an amazing she, job, yeah with that great
1: girl. actress shes she did great, <laughs> um oh, I just blanked on her name, but i I knew it a minute ago, but I have it somewhere here, but I will ooh, find ooh. out, so we should give her yes. credit, yeah, she's wonderful. she
0: did a great job, she said everything to make you be upset with her character, yeah, right? but I do
1: think there is something about. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not, definitely not an expert and I don't want to like overgeneralize gender differences, but in, I've done a lot of work in camps and schools and mm-hmm. um, with kids in like that age group and Sometimes the girls and I've heard a lot of teachers talk yeah. about this also that the girls can be nastier than the boys. It's not always true I agree obviously with but that, though. There can be some real
0: Yeah, and I and I mean I think some of that stems from, you know, they are told to mature a little faster, so when mm-hmm. they're at that stage going through that, there's a lot more And they know, are
1: more mature just developmentally in a lot of cases.
0: Exactly. So there's a lot more they're dealing with mentally there that, you know, can change their how they say things and their tone and their mood Foods, Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like it. And sometimes
1: part of that whole trying to be adult thing, like trying to grow up too soon, which is like Missy's, like you know, you guys should grow up, and like I'm so grown up, but she's like mistaken. She doesn't really know what it means to be grown up. She thinks being grown up is to be this this nastiness and this bullying kind of, and you know, taking Lucas for her own and being mean to the other friends. Like that's her way of thinking she's being mature, but actually, it's immature.
0: Exactly. And so many of us still do that today when we think that we're being the mature ones. Mm. We're actually handling the situation very immature and not trying to understand all parties involved. I think that's the most thing – the thing that you can do in all situations to be the most mature is sort of put yourself in everybody's shoes in the situation and try to understand it from all avenues if you're going to be mature about it mm-hmm. and and not take sides. And like Lucas did and inviting – he's like, look, Missy. Uh, we can go on this date, but all my friends have to come. It can't just be us. And so that's what he did do. He took it from all sides. He invited everybody as a group, but of course that wasn't okay with her. And I love that line where Riley asked Maya, am I jealous? And she says, you wouldn't know how to be jealous. Hmm. You know, cause she, this was coming from her really caring about Lucas, not just as a relationship point of view, but also just as a friend.
1: Yeah. There is some great there are that scene in the classroom and this is kind of the second episode we've seen this where where Riley like can't even speak and there are just <laughs> some funny moments some really great comic pauses mm-hmm. and right some some moments some beats there where it's just uh what's going on you know and she does, she can't say anything and I love that when um Farkle and um and Maya are like, I've never seen this before. We don't even we don't know. <laughs> you know, they usually have the answer for everything and they're like the experts in life to help her along and like, yeah. they're like we've never seen this. Uh, the whole what are boob, you doing now? The whole boob scenario. Yeah, exactly. The best
0: part is when Riley actually gets her finger stuck and looks at his nose and she's like, Do you think he knows? Oh yeah. <laughs> did you not laugh at that? I'm so corny. So I was like, that's hilarious. That, yeah. Wait,
1: you know I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't even I don't even know if I picked up on that. Now that you bring it up, I'm like, did I uh,
0: Yeah. I'm so brilliant community.
1: wordplay, Mark brilliant. and
0: Madden, and, <laughs> and, Jeff. and Jeff. I love those guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we find out that you know from Riley that the easiest thing about having fr- friends sometimes is that you just have to trust them to make the right decisions. And she never really had to worry about what Lucas was going to do because he was. It seemed like he was always going to make sure that it was okay and that this girl wasn't a threat which now she knows she can trust her friends Mm -hmm. but this was just sort of like trust building i think now if this would happen again um she wouldn't be uneasy about it now that they've sort of gone through this exercise together definitely strengthened their alliance like we had Corey teaching in the little detention episode uh detention scene
1: well you talk about Corey's teaching i will bring up another question oh good joe sent us a second question she said don't you think that Corey as a teacher, or do we think that Corey as a teacher, needs to show more class control?
0: You know what? I think that you're correct about that. And it's just the fact that he he isn't Feeny. Like, Feeney mm-hmm. started Boy Meets World. He was, like, you know, a very experienced teacher. He was already wise. He was already old. We're seeing Corey start his teaching career when he's very young. You know, he just is now starting to have kids. And he's not, doesn't have the wisdom and experience that Feeney had. So I think we're going to see his growth over time through the seasons of this show. Uh, just like we're seeing the characters like Riley grow up, you know, that he's growing as a teacher too. We don't stop growing just because he's the adult in the story doesn't mean he doesn't have a character arc here.
1: Yeah. Just, well, there's definitely a lot of that with the parents arc too, right? Like seeing them kind of go through parenting and, Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, I, I can't speak, and I don't think you can either, about like what it's like to be a parent. But I'm sure for parents watching the show, like to uh, to watch that storyline, right. they like that. I like that as someone who doesn't yet have kids to see that, that they're being honest about the fact that the parents don't know how to be parents, doesn't come with a manual, and they're figuring it out, and that mm-hmm. keeps coming up. Though I do agree with you in terms of his teaching style. He's not Feeney, and he's definitely not Feeney yet. He's young, yes. and we never saw Feeney as the 23-year-old, 30-year-old, whatever, teacher. We didn't see exactly. him as fresh out of teaching school, <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, or ed school. And so I do think that he's a young teacher. And I also think that, um, this, this, um, element of having the student and the, t- the parent teacher, no. The teacher-student-parent-child mm-hmm. relationship, there we go, yeah. um, in the classroom is unusual and is a hard thing to balance. Um, I know, like, in bigger schools, they try to really avoid that. Like, if yes, they can, there's they enough do. teachers to mix it up because it's awkward. Um, yeah. But I also know in smaller schools and smaller places, you there's can't. not a choice, right?
0: Exactly. And you know what? I wouldn't want Corey to be a perfect teacher. Mm-hmm. it's much more fun to watch his story grow you know and and that speaks for any character who wants to watch someone who's perfect at everything mm-hmm. they do like that's no fun you want to see them make mistakes and learn and be human <laughs> so that I think he's not a
1: perfect dad either exactly
0: and there's so much humor and comedy that comes from that and you know that's the best part of life anyway is seeing those mistakes happen and you can laugh at it or you can not learn from it but you know moving forward I think he's going to become a better teacher not necessarily better, but more experienced and yes, have more control over his classroom.
1: And I do think in terms of the comedy of this show, there is there really is a lot to laugh about. And so one of the things that the writers talked about, two things. One was um, and now that they've pointed it out, I, I notice it more that they pointed it out to us on our show, which is um, when we were talking about Farkle with Corey um, Fogel, uh, Fogelmanis. Fogelmanis. If I could get that right once, that'd mm-hmm. be great. Um, how he talks really fast, and so they have yes. to watch that. And I caught myself rewinding for a second, being like, wait, wait what did he just say? Because he does talk really fast, and they pointed out how his physical comedy is so good. And it's amazing, like when he goes, you know, when he puts his <laughs> leg up on the on the desk and yes. pulls his leg
0: he did exactly what missy did to lucas he copied what she did because missy right. showed lucas her leg to sort of flirt with him and then farkle goes and pulls the same thing which i'm not exactly sure how that translates for a man to do yeah it was totally <laughs> yeah but it's hilarious because this kid is exactly. so good with his body
1: and the timing it's just really funny to watch
0: yeah he's one of my favorite characters cory yeah, uh,
1: yeah, or, yeah. Or, or farkle yeah
0: for sure farkle to watch yeah well, let's go ahead and talk about what we think is going to happen. Roll into predictions. You know, our shows are going to be longer when we have now, special guests. After buzz. But since we don't, we don't want to go longer <laughs> than the is, actual show. This is quite show. the show
1: to do predictions for, huh? Um,
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well for Forever Alone 1. Well, what do you one, predict? <laughs> we have Forever Alone 1 on YouTube saying, wait, are they going to have one of these uh, after shows after every episode? And yes, we are. But because we're going to be away at Comic-Con, we're not going to be back until August 3rd when we're going to film episode four and five after show together. But we will have special guests coming back in the future So keep well. coming so back, keep back to coming watch back. us, please. We
1: really appreciate it. And keep writing us comments and send us things on Twitter. I'm at Lee M. Epstein and Kristen is at Cinematic Escape.
0: Yes. And, and write can... to us
1: and comment to us and you've been asking great questions and we really do appreciate it.
0: I did talk talk to um, Mark Blutman who was with us last week and he wanted us to tell you and this is sort of a prediction I'll count it that the next episode Girl Meets Father means a lot to them and it was written in the way that the Boy Meets World episodes were and they all feel a huge attachment to it and they're really excited about it he called me on the phone and he's like please tell them to you know make sure they watch it you guys know it's Friday at 8.30 on Disney and I'm looking forward to it I mean Girl Meets Father that's going to be definitely a throwback because I'm guessing Corey is the father. So hopefully maybe it will focus more on his story and his growing like mm-hmm. we were talking about this episode.
1: Yeah, and also like the, the writers, um, Jeff and Mark and, and Matt who are here, were talking about how now they have kids. So like when they wrote Boy Meets World – they right. didn't have that experience, really, of having their own kids. And now they do. Or if they did have kids, then they were very young. you know. And so now I'm sure writing an episode about a father-child relationship is totally shifted. Their viewpoint has shifted in writing that. So I would definitely look forward to that one, too.
0: All right, guys. Well, you can catch us August 3rd. And you can tweet Lee. What, what's your? At
1: Lee M. Epstein.
0: And I'm at Cinematic Escape again. You can check out my blog, cinematicescape.com. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in